Today is May the 3rd. How did David get his kingdom back? Let's find out together as we read 2 Samuel 19 to 21. In the scripture reading uh, today, we follow right on Absalom's death. David mourned Absalom at the very end of chapter 18. He cries, O my son Absalom, my son, my son Absalom, if only I had died instead of you, O Absalom, my son, my son. Well, he continued for several days in such grief that Joab, his general, finally came to him and said, you can't do this. What you're doing is driving your own army away. They're thinking... You wish not only you had died, but they had died, because that's where it was headed. David understands. He changes. He stops mourning Absalom. He begins to thank his army. Um, He uh, sends the priests Zadok and Abiathar to the leaders of the tribe of Judah and says, I'm going to re-enter Jerusalem. Come with me. Walk with me as I re-enter. Honor me in this way. They do. Um, David shows mercy to the supporters of Absalom. Shimei, we mentioned yesterday, supported Absalom. David does nothing to Shimei. Mephibosheth had supported Absalom. David takes Mephibosheth back into his own household. But it is interesting. He splits Mephibosheth's land between his servant Ziba and Mephibosheth. In chapter 20, we see one named Sheba. Because Absalom had led so much of Israel against David, Sheba decides to try it as well. So in verse 2 of chapter 20, he blew a ram's horn and he began to call, down with the dynasty of David, we have no interest in the son of Jesse. Come, you men of Israel, back to your homes. And all the men of Israel deserted David and followed Sheba, son of Bichri. All the men of Israel, the ten tribes that had been under Saul. Now, David um, sees that this is a serious matter, and so he takes his army. Now, he has more in his army than he had before. So they go to Sheba's hometown, and uh, Sheba, uh, besied, uh he... he walls himself up in the town. David arrives. Uh, The leaders of the town realize what's going on. They say, David, what do we have to do? And he says, I'm only looking for Sheba. So they cut off his head and throw it over the wall and said, there he is. Well, David dealt with that rebellion violently. In chapter 21, uh, David 
goes to the Gibeonites after there is a famine. The Lord says there's a famine because you have not avenged uh, the Gibeonites. He says to the Gibeonites, what's wrong? And they said, Saul treated us very poorly. Saul killed many of our people. Uh, We need vengeance from Saul. But David had promised to uh, treat the house of Saul with kindness. He found seven sons of Saul who were probably sons of concubines. He gives them to Gibeon. They kill them. They avenge what's taken place. And um, things are uh, okay again in Israel. David is having a tough time. He has Israel back, but his hold is tenuous. He got his kingdom back by being merciful when he needed to, being violent when he needed to. As a result, he ended his life still as king of Israel, but his day was over. Tomorrow we'll return and we'll read the story of the end of David's life and the end of his kingship. 2 Samuel 19 through 21, New Living Translation. 2 Samuel 19. Word soon reached Joab that the king was weeping and mourning for Absalom. As all the people heard the king's deep grief for his son, the joy of that day's victory was turned into deep sadness. They crept back into the town that day as though they were ashamed and had deserted in battle. The king covered his face with his hands and kept on crying, O my son Absalom, O Absalom, my son, my son. Then Joab went to the king's room and said to him, We saved your life today and the lives of your sons, your daughters and your wives and concubines. Yet you act like this, making us feel ashamed of ourselves. You seem to love those who hate you and hate those who love you. You have made it clear today that your commanders and troops mean nothing to you. It seems that if Absalom had lived and all of us had died, you would be pleased. Now go out there and congratulate your troops, for I swear by the Lord that if you don't go out, not a single one of them will remain here tonight. Then you will be worse off than ever before. So the king went out and took his seat at the town gate. And as the news spread throughout the town that he was there, everyone went to him. Meanwhile, the Israelites who had supported Absalom fled to their homes, and throughout all the tribes of Israel there was much discussion and argument going on. The people were saying, The king rescued us from our enemies and saved us from the Philistines, but Absalom chased him out of the country. Now Absalom, who was anointed to rule over us, is dead. Why not ask David to come back and be our king again? Then King David sent Zadok and Abathar, the priest, to say to the elders of Judah, Why are you the last ones to welcome back the king into his palace? For I have heard that all Israel is ready. You are my relatives, my own tribe, my own flesh and blood. Why are you the last ones to welcome back the king? And David told them to tell Amasa, Since you are my own flesh and blood, like Joab, may God strike me and even kill me if I do not appoint you as commander of my army in his place. Then Amasa convinced all the men of Judah 
and they responded unanimously. They sent word to the king, Return to us and bring back all who are with you. So the king started back to Jerusalem, and when he arrived at the Jordan River, the people of Judah came to Gilgal to meet him and escort him across the river. Shimei, son of Kira, the man from Bahoram in Benjamin, hurried across with the men of Judah to welcome King David. A thousand other men from the tribe of Benjamin were with him, including Ziba, the chief servant of the house of Saul, and Ziba's fifteen sons and twenty servants. They rushed down to the Jordan to meet the king. They crossed the shallows of the Jordan to bring the king's household across the river, helping him every way they could. As the king was about to cross the river, Shimei fell down before him. My lord the king, please forgive me, he pleaded. Forget the terrible thing your servant did when you left Jerusalem. May the king put it out of his mind. I know how much I sinned. That is why I have come here today, the very first person of all Israel, to greet my lord the king. Then Abishai, son of Zeruiah, said, Shimei should die, for he cursed the Lord's anointed king. Who asked your opinion, you sons of Zeruiah? David exclaimed. Why have you become my adversary today? This is not a day for execution, for today I am once again the king of Israel. Then turning to Shimei, David vowed, Your life will be spared. Now Meshibetheth, Saul's grandson, came down from Jerusalem to meet the king. He had not cared for his feet, trimmed his beard, or washed his clothes since the day the king left Jerusalem. Why didn't you come with me, Meshibetheth? the king asked him. Meshibetheth replied, My lord the king, my servant Ziba deceived me. I told him, Saddle my donkey so I can go with the king, for as you know, I am crippled. Ziba has slandered me by saying that I refuse to come. But I know that my lord the king is like an angel of God, so do what you think is best. All my relatives and I could expect only death from you, my lord, but instead you have honored me by allowing me to eat at your own table. What more can I ask? You've said enough, David replied. I've decided that you and Ziba will divide the land equally between you. Give him all of it, Meshibetheth said. I am content just to have you safely back again, my lord, the king. Brazilii of Gilead came down from Rogilam to escort the king across the Jordan. He was very old, eighty years of age, and very wealthy. He was the one who had provided food for the king during his stay in Maenam. Come across with me and live in Jerusalem, the king said to Brazilii. I will take care of you there. No, he replied, I am far too old to go with the king to Jerusalem. I am eighty years old today, and I can no longer enjoy anything. Food and wine are no longer tasty, and I cannot hear singers as they sing. I would only be a burden to my lord the king. Just to go across the Jordan River with the king is all the honor that I need. Then let me return again to die in my own town, where my father and mother are buried. But here is your servant, my son, Kimham, let him go with my lord the king and receive whatever you want to give to him. Good, the king agreed. Kimham will go with me, and I will help him in any way you would like. And I will do for you anything you want. So all the people crossed the Jordan with the king. After David had blessed Brazilii and kissed him, Brazilii returned to his home. The king crossed over to Gilgal, taking Kimham with him. All the troops of Judah and half the troops of Israel escorted the king on his way. 
But all the men of Israel complained to the king, The men of Judah stole the king and didn't give us the honor of helping take you, your household, and all your men across the Jordan. The men of Judah replied, The king is one of our own kinsmen. Why should this make you angry? We haven't eaten any of the king's food or received any special favors. But there are ten tribes in Israel, the others replied, so we have ten times as much right to the king as you do. What right do you have to treat us with such contempt? Weren't we the first to speak of bringing him back to be our king again? The argument continued back and forth, and the men of Judah spoke even more harshly than the men of Israel. Second Samuel 20 There happened to be a troublemaker there named Sheba, son of Bichri, a man from the tribe of Benjamin. Sheba blew a ram's horn and began to chant, Down with the dynasty of David! We have no interest in the son of Jesse! Come on, you men of Israel, back to your homes! So all the men of Israel deserted David and followed Sheba, son of Bichri. But the men of Judah stayed with their king and escorted him from the Jordan River to Jerusalem. When David came to his palace in Jerusalem, he took the ten concubines he had left to look after the palace and placed them in seclusion. Their needs were provided for, but he no longer slept with them. So each of them lived like a widow until she died. Then the king told Amasa, Mobilize the army of Judah within three days and report back at that time. So Amasa went out to notify Judah, but it took him longer than the time he had been given. Then David said to Abishai, Sheba, son of Bichri, is going to hurt us more than Absalom did. Quick, take my troops and chase after him before he gets into a fortified town where we can't reach him. So Abishai, the son of Joab, together with the king's bodyguard and all the mighty warriors, set out from Jerusalem to go after Sheba. As they arrived at the great stone in Gideon, Amishai met them. Joab was wearing his military tunic with a dagger strapped to his belt. As he stepped forward to greet Amishai, he slipped the dagger from its sheath. How are you doing, my cousin? Joab said and took him by the beard with his right hand as though to kiss him. Amishai didn't notice the dagger in his left hand and Joab stabbed him in the stomach with it so that his insides gushed out onto the ground. Joab did not need to strike again and Amishai soon died. Joab and his brother Abishai left him lying there and continued after Sheba. One of Joab's young men shouted to Amishai's troops, If you are for Joab and David, come and follow Joab. But Amishai lay in his blood in the middle of the road, and Joab's men saw that everyone was stopping to stare at him. So he pulled him off the road into a field and threw a cloak over him. With Amishai's body out of the way, everyone went on with Joab to capture Sheba, the son of Bichri. Meanwhile, Sheba traveled through all the tribes of Israel and eventually came to the town of Abel Beth Maacah. All the members of his own clan, the Bichrites, assembled for battle and followed him into the town. When Joab's forces arrived, they attacked Abel Beth Maacah. They built a siege ramp against the town's fortifications and began battering down the wall. But a wise woman in the town called out to Joab, Listen to me, Joab. Come over here so I can talk to you. As he approached, the woman asked, Are you Joab? I am, he replied. So, she said, Listen carefully to your servant. I'm listening, he said. Then she continued, There used to be a saying, If you want to settle an argument, ask advice of the town of Abel. I am one who is peace-loving and faithful in Israel. But you are destroying an important town in Israel. 
Why do you want to devour what belongs to the Lord? And Joab replied, Believe me, I don't want to devour or destroy your town. That is not my purpose. All I want is a man named Sheba, son of Bichri, from the hill country of Ephraim, who has revolted against King David. If you hand this man over to me, I will leave this town in peace. All right, the woman replied, we will throw his head over the wall to you. Then the woman went to all the people with her wise advice, and they cut off Sheba's head and threw it out to Joab. So he blew the ram's horn and called his troops back from the attack. They all returned to their homes, and Joab returned to the king at Jerusalem. Now Joab was the commander of the army of Israel. Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, was captain of the king's bodyguard. Adoniram was in charge of the forced labor. Jehoshaphat, son of Ahilud, was the royal historian. Shiva was the court secretary. Zadok and Abiathar were the priests. And Ira, a descendant of Jair, was David's personal priest. 2 Samuel 21 There was a famine during David's reign that lasted for three years. So David asked the Lord about it. And the Lord said, The famine has come because Saul and his family were guilty of murdering the Gibeonites. So the king summoned the Gibeonites. They were not a part of Israel, but were all that was left of the nation of the Amorites. The people of Israel had sworn not to kill them, but Saul in his zeal for Israel and Judah had tried to wipe them out. David asked them, What can I do for you? How can I make amends so that you will bless the Lord's people again? Well, money can't settle this matter between us and the family of Saul, the Gibeonites replied. Neither can we demand the life of anyone in Israel. What can I do then? David asked. Just tell me and I will do it for you. Then they replied, It was Saul who planned to destroy us and keep us from having any place in the territory of Israel. So let seven of Saul's sons be handed over to us, and we will execute them before the Lord and Gibeon on the mountain of the Lord. All right, the king said, I will do it. The king spared Jonathan's son, Meshibetheth, who was Saul's grandson, because of the oath David and Jonathan had sworn before the Lord. But he gave them Saul's two sons, Armoni and Meshibetheth, whose mother was Rizpha, daughter of Ea. He also gave them the five sons of Saul's daughter, Mirab, the wife of Adriel, the son of Barzillai, from Meholah. The men of Gibeon executed them on the mountain before the Lord. So all seven of them died together at the beginning of the barley harvest. Then Rizpha, the daughter of Ea, the mother of the two men, spread burlap on a rock and stayed there the entire harvest season. She prevented the scavenger birds from tearing their bodies during the day and stopped wild animals from eating them at night. When David learned what Rizpha, Saul's concubine, had done, he went to the people of Jabesh-Gilead and retrieved the bones of Saul and his son Jonathan, when the Philistines had killed Saul and Jonathan on Mount Gilboa, the people of Jabesh-Gilead stole their bodies from the public square of Bethshan, where the Philistines had hung them. So David obtained the bones of Saul and Jonathan, as well as the bones of the men the Gibeonites had executed. The king ordered that they bury the bones in the tomb of Kish, Saul's father, at the town of Zelah in the land of Benjamin. After that, God ended the famine in the land. Once again the Philistines were at war with Israel, and when David and his men were in the thick of battle, David became weak and exhausted. Ishbi Benob was a descendant of the giants. His bronze spear weighed more than seven pounds, and he was armed with a new sword. 
He had cornered David and was about to kill him, but Abishai, son of Zeruiah, came to David's rescue and killed the Philistine. Then David's men declared, You are not going out to battle with us again. Why risk snuffing out the light of Israel? After this, there was another battle against the Philistines at Gob. As they fought, Sibekah from Husha killed Saph, another descendant of the giants. During another battle at Gob, Elhanan son of Jair from Bethlehem killed the brother of Goliath from Gath. The handle of his spear was as thick as a weaver's beam. In another battle with the Philistines at Gath, they encountered a huge man with six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot, twenty-four in all, who was also a descendant of the giants. But when he defied and taunted Israel, he was killed by Jonathan, the son of David's brother Shimei. These four Philistines were descendants of the giants of Gath, but David and his warriors killed them. Scripture reading by Emily Herrera. Like, follow, and subscribe to this devotional on whatever platform you use to listen to it. Email your questions to us at questions at becomehope.com. Tomorrow, we'll find out how David's reign ended.